Random Art Tips and Rambles with Rafi. Hola, you amazing artists. It's Rafi. And Klee. And today we're going to talk about money and art. Ah, yes. Yeah, money and art. I know that a lot of people have heard me say that, you know, when you're creating your artwork, money shouldn't be one of the motivating factors uh, to creating the art, the type of artwork that you create. Yeah, which can be misunderstood because obviously aspiring artists want to make money with their work. But yeah. there's there's this gray area, and I think that's what you're getting into. Yeah, I think I want to get into more of the specifics behind the motivation because in all honesty, I know that what is discouraging for a lot of artists out there is the fact that when they're first getting started, um, money is slow. Sales are slow. Nobody knows who you are. It's going to take a while for you to establish yourself in a place where you could get rather comfortable with the kind of income that you can make. But until then, uh, you know, there's no telling how long that's going to take. That could take six months. It could take a year. It could take two years. It could take a month. You never know at what point you're going to get to a point where you have enough collectors where your sales are pretty consistent. But even right. And even then, I mean, we've been doing this for 10 years, and last year we experienced six months where there was zero yeah. coming in. You, A, have to get very comfortable with the idea that uh, you're there is no security when it comes to the amount of money that you make, and B, that if you are making choices for money, if you are making creative choices based on needing money or any kind of desperation, that chances are you're going to make some really poor choices. Not only that, but if that's your main motivation behind the choices you make, that can get really discouraging. You can lose motivation altogether. I think is one of the downfalls for a lot of people that get started in our career. And because they're not reaching those financial goals right away... Um, they, they lose the motivation to create and that's because their motivation to create in the first place was to try and make money. The same thing happens with YouTube videos. You have a lot of YouTubers that get started on YouTube and because they don't see any results after six months, uh, financial results, they quit. They they stop doing what they do. In the book, uh, there's a section where I write making money, doing something you love is different than doing what you love to make money. Yeah. And I think that that right there describes the subtle difference behind the feeling of it. You know, if you're making something because you want to make money, then your motivation is to make money. If you are making something and the side effect is making money, then your motivation is making that thing, bringing that thing to life. Yeah, and that's where the quote, I don't remember who said this, but if if you're doing something that you love and you love that thing so much that you would be willing to do it for free, then that's the thing that you're passionate about that eventually will probably lead to making money if you stick with it. Yeah, exactly. Especially in the beginning of your career, you have to love that thing so much that you're willing to put up with the crap of not being successful right out of the box and actually going through periods of time where income isn't coming from that. It it almost feels like whatever you're doing, you're working for free for like the first four or five months of your life because you're doing all this work and putting all this energy into it and you're not seeing a financial payoff right away. Yeah. And oftentimes you're investing not only time, but you're investing money and getting that thing going. What ends up happening is that it's it's almost like uh, chasing a carrot on a stick. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. your motivations are being guided by 
uh, desperation. You're going to head in the direction that you think the money is, but you're not going to head in a creative direction that you want to head into. And that's where the problem with uh, doing it or chasing the money comes from because eventually, eventually, no matter what you do, and and a lot of a lot of artists out there will argue this with me because you know maybe they haven't reached that point yet or they're feeling a little bit of desperation. But in my mind, no matter what it is that you create, as long as you are creating something that you love, that you genuinely love, and you're putting yourself out there, eventually at some point your audience is going to find you. And the more that you are putting yourself out there, the more opportunity you're giving your audience to find you. And they might not buy from you right away. They might just admire your pieces and love your pieces. But the thing is that as long as you're putting them out there, then you're giving that right person the opportunity to find your work. The way that I create artwork and the way that I uh, measure my monetary value on things is whenever I create a piece of art, any kind of piece of art that I genuinely love and I apply a price to it. This is how much it's going to cost to put out there. To me, whether it is $100, $200, $1,000, that in of itself is money in the bank. Because I know that eventually, whether it sells next month or it takes three years to sell, eventually that piece is going to find its way in front of the right person. Yeah, who's going to fall in love with it and make it their own. I think that's a really good attitude to have. Everything that I have that is a work of art that is created doesn't sit there and waste times. A lot of times people ask me, like, well, what do I do with my old pieces? You know, should I put them at half off? And I'm like, your pieces do not lose value. Your pieces gain value as they're sitting there because you're creating more and more artwork and putting it out there. It's not like... It's not like a car. No, it's more like fine wine. It's not milk. It's not like it expires. Your artwork does not have an expiration date. It doesn't go down in value because it's older. If anything, the more, the longer that you have the work, the more value it has because if you are experimenting and moving on with your career and like doing all these great uh, new things and stuff, it's almost like your old artwork becomes um, a limited edition of what your style used to be back in that time when you used to create in that way. Like those series are no longer available, so they become limited edition. Yeah, it's like the chronological archive of your work as you become more of a master of your craft. These are the early works. Yeah, these are the early works. And and you can't find, you can only find about a hundred of these pieces because that's all he created back when he was uh, starting out his career. It is interesting to me because money would have to be one of the most confusing aspects of the whole thing. I think that a lot of people assume that if you're not making money, that you are not a success. And I think that that's that's where it becomes a problem because they're they're rating their success by how much money that they're making. And in all honesty, when you're first putting yourself out there, when we first put ourselves out there, we didn't make that much money. No, not at all. No, no, we didn't make that much money. I, uh, you know, a lot of people know that like I started at the flea market for the first two months, I owed the flea market booth rent. I wasn't even paying my booth rent. They were nice enough to let me keep opening my booth, but it came to a point where like even that was discouraging. I was like, I'm never going to be able to sell. I haven't sold anything for like two months. Like nothing is happening. I'm creating more and more work because 
I am able to find pieces of wood and people are donating poster board to me. And so every weekend that I come out here, I'm creating more and more, but I haven't sold anything. Yeah. And so I was giving myself every excuse if I was looking at the monetary value of it to say like, this isn't working, you should give up. But it was soon after that where like I started selling small pieces and even then I was selling small pieces and I wasn't making enough to cover all my bills or anything, but I was starting to make an income. And that was the difference. It was like, I am creating this stuff because I have spent the majority of my life not putting myself out there, not taking a risk, um, giving up as soon as the going got tough. And instead of doing that, I am going to persist. I am going to keep going because I have this strange new belief that if you keep going, you're unstoppable mm-hmm. no matter what. It, it, the only way that you could fail at something is if you quit, if you stop. So just keep going, keep learning, keep experiencing, keep um, keep having your small fails. But remember that it's just a work in progress until you get to a place where you're comfortable with it. Yeah. Now it's a cliche quote to use, but it is true. And that's the reason it's cliche that water doesn't carve through rock because of brute force. It carves through rock because of its persistent flow. Exactly. Exactly. And that's brilliant because that's, that's essentially right there. The answer to creating any kind of career that you want in your life is you have to be persistent. You have to be persistent and you have to be consistent. Back in the day, I called myself an artist a, a whole lot, but I go through periods where I would get discouraged with my art and maybe spend two years not creating anything mm-hmm. and then go into like this uh, spurt of like creating something for like a week and then go another two years without creating anything. I'd also like to point out that this has its tendrils in a lot of areas such as what you decide to create. I've heard so many artists say, like, well, this is what I really like to create. This is where my passion is at. But this is what I show people because this is what people want to buy. So they're not actually creating what they're passionate about. They're creating what they think is going to sell. Exactly. And that's what I mean when I say, like, if you allow money to guide your creative uh, decisions, eventually what happens is you're going to create a career um, creating things that you don't necessarily want to create, but you know that they make money. Yeah. You know, like, so here in Pensacola, the advice that I got was, you know, you got to create beach scenes because tourists like that. If you put the word Pensacola in your painting. So beyond a shadow of a doubt, the easy way for me to make money was to start creating stuff that was, uh, more themed towards tourists. I, I'd be able to make a living from that oh, definitely. pretty easily. But I also knew that if I did that and that's what I became known for, I'd essentially be in a gilded cage. Sure, I'd be making money doing art, but I'd be making money doing art that I didn't want to necessarily do. Yeah, and as a jewelry artist, the apparent, the obvious thing would be um, seashells, sea glass, uh, pearls. And um, those are beautiful things. And I do some of that, but that's not where my true passion is. Lies. I do a lot of things that aren't necessarily popular or trendy. Yeah, and that's that's the problem is that like a lot of the advice that we give people is counterintuitive, but it isn't based on a short term answer to uh, just money problems. You know, hey, if you're having money issues, then by all means, um, create some artwork 
that you know is going to sell in your area. I, I will never discourage anybody from creating beach theme stuff or tourist theme stuff. Use your creativity in order to make money, but do not ever make that the priority over creating the pieces of work that you want to create. Yeah. As far as like selling your art, it is actually very, very easy to make a living as an artist. The difficult part is making a living as a working artist who creates original works that are just theirs. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that is not kitschy, touristy stuff. We can make a lot of money doing all kinds of kitschy, touristy stuff. There are all kinds of niches that you could get into. You could sell dog portraits. You could sell um, all kinds of things that are themed to pets. That's a huge market. To babies, that's a huge market. For weddings, you could do wedding uh, portraits and stuff like that. Those are huge markets. There is a way to make money with your art if you're willing to niche it. And that's what a lot of, uh, a lot of those art courses and books and stuff, because those things are easy to market. You could market dog portraits to dog people on yeah. Facebook. You could do targeted marketing. And so that kind of stuff works. But the question is, if it's not your passion and not something that you enjoy, five years down the line, when that's what you're known for, you're just going to be in a career where you're stuck creating things that you don't necessarily want to create. And as far as your own artwork is concerned, you're going to start all over from scratch because nobody knows that these are the things that you create. Yeah. And I know a lot of artists think, well, I'm just going to do that for a while and then I'm going to start bringing my original art, my my passion. I'm going to start bringing that in. But so many of those artists say, well, this is keeping me pretty busy and now it turns out I don't have time to follow my yeah. passion. And also, I don't know what my collectors would think if I started showing Yeah, they become like really concerned because the collectors that they have, let's say if you're doing dog portraits, your collectors, that's what they're used to. That's what they advertise you as. When they talk to other people about you, that's what they're talking about. And then next thing you know, you're coming up with these like weird – uh, psychedelic, whimsical-looking pieces, and they're like, oh, "I don't get it. What? What yeah. is? What is that? That's. I thought you just did. Now you're doing that kind of stuff. You know, it becomes confusing. And for a lot of people, they're afraid to do that because they may lose collectors. And honestly, if you're already in a position where you've kind of niched yourself in an area where you don't want to niche yourself, let me tell you, make the choice now to start really expressing and showing your work because. If you're in it for five years, that's great. So start showing your work. Maybe you'll lose some collectors, but at least you'll start working on gaining some of your collectors, people that really, really appreciate no matter what it is that you create because they have a certain style. And I'm not saying that you give up on doing dog portraits. If those kind of things are working for you, I think that it's important to do whatever it is that will work for you, but always keep in mind that you do not want to get niched as an artist, doing something that you don't want to do. If you don't mind doing uh, dog portraits or beach scenes and you could actually find a way to enjoy doing that, then by all means, enjoy doing that. But just because that is where the primary source of income is coming from, 
do not uh, throw everything else away. Now, if you're someone who's passionate about dog portraits and beach scenes, we're sorry that we've used your passion as our example. I mean, and <laughs> it's and it's not. No, you could be totally passionate if that's what you're passionate about. But but it is a niche market. Oh, definitely. It is, and I'm not saying that it's a niche market to try and reduce it down. It just it's easier to target. Your audience, the demographic with that. Obviously, somebody who doesn't own pets or like pets is not going to want a pet portrait, but people who have pets may want their pet portraits. Now, there's another aspect of this that I wanted to touch on because it's something that I experience and you have too in our 10 years of doing this, which is you've you've followed your passion, you've created a body of work that is your passion, it is your original artwork, and there are parts of that collection that you find really easy to sell. And you get into this mentality where you find yourself just kind of producing a lot of those. Oh, yeah. And then you forget to play and experiment with new things because you're so busy making that thing that sells so well, even though it is your original art, it is your passion. It's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this subject because, listen, no matter how long you've been doing this, whether or not you're just getting started or you've been uh, making a living as an artist for a while like we have, um, it's easy. It's very easy to fall into certain comfort levels. Yeah. So I have, yeah, I have uh, collections that sold really well. And because they were selling really well, eventually I started to put all my focus on that. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is that when you're putting all your focus on something that is becomes easy for you to create, um, then your career isn't challenging anymore. Right. And it doesn't devalue those pieces. I mean, I still find enjoyment in creating those pieces that do really well and sell consistently. But sometimes I forget to push myself and challenge myself. And that's, and that is a personal thing. If you are not challenging your career, if you are not challenging yourself creatively and growing from the experience and you're just kind of like creating the same stuff that you know exactly how to create because that's the stuff that sells, that stuff becomes boring and then it becomes a job. Yeah, it essentially does. And I've even heard myself say, well, like, I don't have time to experiment with things because I have X amount of orders to go out, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. The more that money starts to get involved in the career of an artist, um, for example, the more that we were starting to be able to uh, pay off our bills and we were doing really well, and even now where we're comfortable, um, it is easy to lose sight of what got us started and what pushed us beyond the boundaries of what was possible in the beginning, which Mm -hmm. was experimenting, putting myself out there, putting out different, taking risks with new ideas and and new things that I wanted to make, trying to make things that I didn't think I was capable of making and pushing the envelope on my, my creativity and sharing that versus just being comfortable. I mean, in the very beginning, if I wanted to just be comfortable, I would have polished up my resume and gotten back into the corporate world. Right. But instead of doing that, I did something that was completely uncomfortable and completely alien to me and put myself out there. And beyond that, and even during those first few months, sitting there and not making any money and having a struggle with that side of my brain that says, you know, the world is 
over because you're not making enough money to pay your bills or to do whatever it is that you want. You need to quit this. This is stupid. Uh, you need to give up now, blah, 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 blah. All of those voices that usually would keep me from pursuing something that I loved um, to actually pushing past those because of the passion to want to create stuff and want to share it out there in the world. Mm -hmm. Money was just not a good enough excuse to demotivate me from doing what it was that I wanted to do with my life, despite how long it would have taken. I was not going to take no for an answer. And it, it, it's almost like even years later, there are points in time where I forget that, where I'm like, okay, well, this is – it almost becomes an assembly line. There, here is a series that I'm really good at creating that is a no-brainer to sell and it's easy for me to try and put all of my focus in that one series and forget to push myself and yeah. experiment. It's really helpful to try to retain the attitude you have in the beginning when no one's watching you. When no one cares what you're doing and when you have no money and nothing to lose, it's like this magical chrysalis of creation, of yeah. purity. Yeah, dude. When you've got nothing to lose where you're like, you know, fuck it. I don't, I don't have anything. Like, and you're a, just a mad scientist. Yeah, you're just a mad scientist just creating out there and people are telling you like you're nuts. You need to get a real job. You need consistency and traditional blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I don't care. I'm nuts. I'm just going to create whatever it is that I want to create and just put myself out there in whichever way possible. And then you get a little street cred under your belt and you're selling work and then you start taking yourself seriously and you're like, I have 20 prints to produce today. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it becomes it becomes like this work thing. And the challenge for me has been to just remember to not take myself seriously and to retain the the value of just having fun. Yeah. And honestly, I think that I'm really successful at doing that because we've got all these followers online. We've got um, uh, followers here in town. And I rarely ever concern myself with whether or not I'm going to put something of quality out there. I basically just create stuff and risk the fact that I'm going to screw it up and put it out there. I mean, recently I worked on a piece. I've never done wood carving before. And I created this amazing piece that anybody else out there could say, like, that looks like crap. It definitely looked awesome. Yeah, and I thought it looked awesome. And it is the first uh, piece that I created in a while that I looked at. And I was like, this needs to become a new series. You know, and it's funny because like some of my collectors are used to a certain thing that I create. And even them, when I, when I put out the t-shirts for the first time, I had somebody approach me and say like, oh, so what, you're doing t-shirts now? As if like I was creating art. And now I'm creating t-shirts. I was like, no, I, I do art and I create t-shirts because I love funny t-shirts and I want to create my own line. Yeah. And I like being the kind of person that other people might say, like, I don't, you never know what they're going to do next. Yeah, exactly. When you are chasing money, it is very predictable what you're going to create, to be honest with you. Yeah, it you're going to create what sells. You're going to create what sells. You're going to follow trends. You're you're basically going to be in a sea of a bunch of other people that are just like you. When you are unpredictable, your career is unpredictable. Whether or not people like it is unpredictable, but you're the one that's going to come up with the new trends. You're the one that's going to create things that haven't been created before. You're the one that's going to 
uh, create a following that is based on you and not what the trends are. People aren't going to go to you just to get a landscape painting. They're going to go to you to get whatever it is that you create. Yeah. And, and I, you don't, the nice thing is you don't have to try to be unpredictable when you're just following your passion. Like that's what happens. Yeah, exactly. And I'll say the line from the book again, just to see, uh, let me know you guys, if you guys could make the subtle distinction between this and what it means to you. Okay. So it's making money, doing something you love is different than doing what you love to make money. And let me know what you guys think of that and what that means to you. And if you could see the subtle differences between the two. And thank you so much for listening, you guys. You guys are absolutely amazing. I totally adore you. And if you like this and you want to listen to more like this, just go ahead and click somewhere around here to subscribe. And that's it. Say goodbye, Clee. Good day, everyone. Adios.